Oh, I didn't even think of what song to sing to start. Are there any songs in this? He, he doesn't know. There's, there's a great There's score. a catchphrase. Yeah. Um, Isn't it? What's his name? Something oh, glass? There is, glass? They sing 20th Century Boy in the dance sequence, which I thought was a T-Rex song, but maybe the T-Rex song is a cover. Or maybe this was some weird pop cover of it. I don't know. Maybe you should just sing an original then. Maybe you should sing Video Killed the Radio Star. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, video right. killed the radio star. Video killed was... the radio star. That was an Empire The radio Records, star right? is killed oh, by really? the video because video <laughs> killed the radio is this star. Is the Fall Out Boy cover of the song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fall Out Boy's here joining us today on the episode. Say More hi, Fall Out Boy. More of a summary of events than a song. <laughs> He's covering Fall everything. Fall Out Boy make songs. Fall out boy. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty solid intro, right? We should end it now. It's we an intro. <laughs> and that's been our episode on The Truman Show. <laughs> and that's been Is It Whack? You know, our episodes have been getting again. progressively longer and longer, but this one, I think we just hit everything we needed we to say. We nailed it in a few really seconds. Really quick. Everybody, good morning, I've been whack. and if we'll I don't see you, see you good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not wearing what I said I would, or I thought about wearing to record this, even though it, nobody in podcast land can see me. You can say you're yeah. wearing whatever yeah. you want. Oh, I, in that case, I am wearing my red cardigan. Ooh. Oh, because, yeah. I'm wearing new <laughs> pants that I ordered online when I was drunk. Hey. I ordered I'm wearing these. Funke is wearing, Funke's wearing a cat. Sorry, yeah. I'm getting my cat off my table. Oh, you look like cat. Corella DeVille. Me? Yeah, you're, you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Curl the Bill War puppies, not cats. Well, no, but the sequel her. was called One Cat. <laughs> <laughs> One Cat. She couldn't even make a scarf. <laughs> what if they did? It was like 101 Dalmatians and One Cat. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great movie. End of riff. Let's Sounds begin like the episode. Sounds like a future episode of Is It Whack to me. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, welcome to another episode of Is It Whack? This is a movie podcast where we talk about movies and we debate their whackness. We love movies. <laughs> Yippee! <Woo>! Yay! <laughs> and, and we're in the midst of a mini series where we're talking about movies set in one location. That's because if you're listening to this way in the future, we are. Still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. We are all in one location right now. One separate location, I should say. As should everyone. But we're trying to figure out how to live in one location. So we've turned to the movies <laughs> to tell us how to live in one location. Yippee! And that's the last time I'll have to say that. Because this is the last episode of our One Location series. But and the not crisis the end of the over. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. The other part we'll have to say more times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Isn't it? It's kind of. I was thinking about this last night, and it's kind of grim uh, to think about that. It's been more than five weeks of one location. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I'm hoping the way in the future thing is true. But you gotta wonder. What? This is so bleak. Cut this out. <laughs> this is what happened you know, last episode. This too. is we're documenting history, so keep it in. But you, you know what? Uh, what's his name? Mr. Truman? Mr. Truman, he had a last name, too. He was in one location for his entire life. Capote? And... No, the man no, in the movie. You know the guy in the movie, Mr. Truman. The... What movie? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, Adam, did you not know we watched The Truman Show? And we're going to oh! talk about it with each other today. What's The Truman Show? <laughs> I'm the voice of the audience. Okay. <laughs> Truman Show is Seb. <laughs> Wait, do you have a personal Seb. history and why you picked it? Are we still doing that? I feel like we've been dropping that. Which I have stuff I want to say about it. I, but Funky, you should start. Yeah, okay. I chose this movie. Um, I, I was struggling so hard to think of a single space movie that wasn't like horror or depressing. Um, so this is, this is my, my pick. Uh, and I don't know, I, I watched this movie in high school and I really, really enjoyed it. It was, it was one of those movies where I was like, oh, I know Jim Carrey. It's the funny man from The Mask. Uh, but he wasn't really that funny in this movie, I don't think. Like, yeah. he, he acted really, really well, but it wasn't funny. Uh, and it was a movie that I walked away with just being like, damn, that was, that was amazing. Um, and rewatching it, um, yesterday, I was just like, I really love this movie. I didn't realize how much I liked it. It was it was a very nice watch. This was uh, one of my favorite movies growing up. I watched it so many times. Uh, Jim Carrey was my favorite actor. And anytime anyone talked ill of Jim C, Jim Carrey, not Jim Cameron. <laughs> um, but I guess if they talked ill of Jim Cameron also, no I would bring up the Truman Show. <laughs> Well, Hannah might have thought that's what I meant. We talk about Jim C. Jimmy C. Right, Hannah? J- Jimmy yeah. Rayon. <laughs> you were mid-sentence Any t- about Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anyone <laughs> anytime anyone talked ill of Jimmy Cameron, this was the movie I would always bring up to defend him. I love this movie with my whole entire heart. And... I was feeling really down yesterday and this mm-hmm. morning about this whole COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, I go in waves, you know, but this was a time where I was feeling really, really especially down about it. And yeah. watching this movie again for the first time in probably like 10 years uh, made me so happy. The end made me so happy. I was cheering him on in a way that I had never had before. I mean, I've always been, I, you always cheer him on at the end, as we'll get to, mm-hmm. but... um it made me so uplifted in this time, and uh, I think it's re-emerged as one of my favorite movies, honestly. Like, uh, I love it even more than I did when I was a kid, and I loved it so much as a kid. So thanks for making me watch this again, Funke. I just want to say with my heart, I love that you made me watch this. <laughs> I'm happy nice you loved speech. it. What the heck? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Can anyone top that? Well, no, I mean, um, I'm, oh, sorry. Oh, I can't top that. I watched it in grade six, and I didn't really like it. But I like it a lot now. So grade six me has developed. Hey. I <laughs> I watched it for the first time like a year or a year and a bit ago. 
and I think when I watched it, I felt the exact same way I felt this time, but then I had forgotten in the time since. So I went in and I was like, oh, I know I liked this movie. And then the minute it started, I was like, oh, no, I remember this is a perfect movie. And I was just yeah. like, every, mm -hmm. I love every single thing. And I just was like, I watched it this morning at 6 a.m. because my cat like woke me up and then. I was like, I have to watch the movie. So I did. And so I was like really tired. But I remember just being like jittery on coffee and being like, oh, my God, this is like so good. I need to talk <laughs> to someone about it. Like, like I couldn't. So I, I have. You said yeah. you sent a message at 7 a.m. being like, can't wait to talk. <laughs> it's true. I was like, can we just talk about it now? This movie's perfect. <laughs> at seven? That was that was Seth's <laughs> bedtime. He went to bed at seven a.m. Really? Yeah. Why? Well, not, just... not yesterday, but uh, during this, I've been going to bed so late, so early. I hear I the know. birds. I hear the birds chirping at I, my window. Yes. Oh, time for bed. Yeah. They're not bad, those birds. I've been listening to them too. <laughs> Pretty cool guys. Who's your favorite bird? Have you heard the new bird? Um, Big bird. <laughs> <laughs> Name five of their albums. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about what this movie is for people who maybe don't know? Yes. Seb Summary Corner? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Seb's yeah. Corner of the oh, Summary. Can I also say, I don't remember exactly when, but <laughs> I've seen song. this movie twice at, at points in my life. And I remember loving it the first time, and the second time thinking, it, I really liked it, but it has this one big flaw. And then now I don't think that flaw is as big, but I do think there's issues that we should talk about. I literally anyway, that's my I, mean, I can't think I'm of any issues, so I'm very curious to see what your criticisms are. I have zero. This is one of those movies for me that I'm just like I have such an attachment to it as a kid that I, I don't I don't really I, I can't see any flaws with it, but I still am I, open to see what you have to say, so I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm surprised you're <laughs> willing can... to have this conversation. I will never let anyone do Ladybird on this show because I will have, like, a freak out and a tantrum if I hear you criticize it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see there could be criticisms of Truman Show, but I feel like at least when I was watching it this time, I was like, okay, any criticisms I would make would be nitpicky. I feel like I couldn't really... Make something strong and be like, huh. So I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I so love I the movie. And um, I just think there's an uncharitable reading of it that is valid. And that is my okay. sister. Okay, well, let's get but into it. But I want to summarize. Give, yeah, give, it, give us the sub summary <laughs> corner first. Yeah, not the yeah, sub think... opinion corner. <laughs> <laughs> I think the summary is pretty short. Like, even though the premise yeah. is kind of complicated... There's only a couple story beats, which is not my criticism. <laughs> no, I'm defensive. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, Truman Show is about Truman Burbank, played by Jim Carrey, who is the uh, un unknowing star of a, a very popular television show. He is in. He lives in a giant set, but he is unaware that um, everyone is filming him all the time, and even his loved ones, his wife, his best friend, uh, his mother, his are all actors. Yeah, his parents are all uh, actors, creating an elaborate story around him, um, created by the television genius Kristoff, played by Ed Harris, who uh, works out of a giant uh, control room in the moon. <laughs> I in love the, that in the moon of the, of the set, of this big dome that Truman <laughs> lives in. 
and uh, Truman starts to notice things are off um, when he's around 30, and um, then his whole world starts to unravel as he tries to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Beautiful. It, I I really like the premise of this movie, and I was thinking about it a lot. Like, I feel like this could have been a sitcom that they just did in the late 90s. Like, this could have been, like, mm. a Truman show. It could have been played more funny. But I really love how, even though it's so fake and, like, uh, manufactured and it's, it's, like, it has these meta things, like, it's so genuine. Like, it, it never sacrifices its, like, genuine, like, quality for for a quick joke or something it's always mm-hmm. him acting to its most and that guy i must say he plays a really good boyfriend he knocks it out of the park when he when he plays it jim carrey he, he does it well <laughs> and it's com- and it's completely uh dedicated to its premise like it sees it all the way through it has this real it's i love these kinds of high concept comedies and this isn't like necessarily a comedy it's a comedy drama but like those high concept comedies where it's like one central premise, you play that out all the way, you're super committed to it. Something, you know, actually Jim Carrey does a lot of these, Bruce Almighty, Liar Liar, Yes Man, those kind of ones where it's just like there's one really clear central conceit to the movie. He can only say yes or he can't lie or he now has the power to do whatever. He's God. Uh, <laughs> he's God all of a sudden. He's a pet detective. And it's just like, yeah. A lot of penguins live in his house. Way. That hedgehog has a mask. Oh, never mind. He he is a Dr. Robotic of the Sonic Hedgehog world. But I... (laughs) Stole Christmas. These are... I love these kind of movies so much. And this one specifically, it kind of reminds... Like, I think it's a brilliant central concept. Uh, It reminds me of, like, The Matrix. Because it's one of those things where it just asks you... And The Matrix is also one of my favorite world uh, movies and worlds. It just asks you to question your very existence and the world around you. And obviously, I assume I'm not living in a show, but it's but such know? an inviting concept. I'm like, yeah, maybe I freaking am. Well, I mean... As Christoph says... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Uh, it just It's funny. I Maybe I made this up, but I'm pretty sure that the Truman Show was like used in a slide to discuss like a concept in one of my philosophy classes in school this isn't a very good Plato's story allegory of the cave um is that who's the guy Plato? that like is like um he he's like maybe we're all in the dream of like a crazy demon and like and he's <laughs> i know therefore i am or i think therefore i am descartes Can't. yeah that's descartes, descartes isn't it um, yeah, okay. Rene Descartes, who's like Mr. Gatekeeper of philosophy, who I don't like. But, but. <laughs> but um, anyways, like, I feel like this show does, or this movie does bring up a lot of, like, like, it makes you think about a lot of, like, philosophical concepts, but in a way that, like, is, like, also, um, like, accessible. Like, it's, it's still, like, anyone can watch it, but it's still going to make you think about things, I think, in a similar way to, like, mm-hmm. reading old stuff. Yeah. <sighs> There's a lot of questions with morality, like, going on also, like, the morality behind the show where it's, like, Kristoff's, like, thing is that, like, obviously we're supposed to all think that Kristoff is a bad person and he is a bad person, like, in the way he's, like, constructing the show, but his, like, central morality behind the show being, like, I gave this guy a better life than he possibly could have had out in, like, 
the real world because he was like an orphaned child yeah mm-hmm. um and like that they did give existence to and stuff and like bringing up is it like morally wrong that this guy's controlling all of um truman's life or is it actually not that bad because he is giving him like a better livelihood than he potentially might have had otherwise yeah it makes him a really good antagonist like i I don't know the whole situation of truman being in there is like it's a hostage situation really it's like it's it's overwhelmingly cruel and especially i think that comes out in points where uh who's his best friend in the marlin marlin when he is literally lying to his face and saying i'm not lying to you bro if 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 everyone was in on this i'd be in on it come on like you could you could like that moment was one of my favorite in the movie because like you can see the actor like being like i don't want to say this but i have to say this uh and and stuff like that makes you realize how horrible it is and they're not actors they are the people in Truman Show are professional liars. It feels like yeah, it, it's a really key difference. Um, but but Christoph is like the the head of all of those, and you feel like you should hate him so much. But like he's spitting a tiny bit of facts that makes him <laughs> enough of an uh, enough of a reasonable antagonist for me that I'm like, okay, he's he's a gir- a good character. I I also got like. Without saying too much of it, I got the impression that Kristoff has led a life that he's very unsatisfied with, and he doesn't really like the world, and he thinks like, oh, if I can just give someone a picture-perfect world, then that's better than any alternative. And he kind of establishes uh, Jim Carrey's character, Truman, who I should know the name of because <laughs> it's the name of the movie. He's <laughs> the titular character. Truman to have like the most stereotypically like perfect life oh yeah the american dream yeah like the american dream life and it's like i'm literally giving someone this and everyone who interacts with him is so happy to interact with him no one's ever mean to him it's the nicest thing but it's like that's still unsatisfying yeah um yeah hannah sorry oh, no, um, that's pretty much I, the end of what i, I was gonna I, say and um no i i agree and i think like there is like a debate sorry I, i'm gonna keep bringing this back to philosophy without being able to remember the names of anybody um but there, uh, <laughs> I, I took a human rights and justice philosophy course last year, and um, one of the main themes of our course was kind of about freedom. And like some people argue that like, and if you would like, you have to be willing to give up like your autonomy and your freedom if you want to live the kind of life that they're trying to create for like Truman. And some people like that is like the ideal, and then just the idea of like that versus living like life knowing that like because can i talk about the end of the movie or are we sure yeah mm-hmm. well just in the end when he asks him when he like is trying to like plead with truman to stay and he assures him like you know you will be safe here like and you don't have to like worry about like the dangers like we will keep you safe and they're all about protecting him like it's kind of sort of like some people's arguments for living within like a governed state anyways i don't know mm-hmm. what i'm saying i feel like i sound dumb um no I, sounds I, smart to me it is and i've it has a lot of philosophical elements i think truman show like heavy especially like 
Camus, I think he has like a whole thing about the walls coming tumbling down once he realizes like you're mm-hmm. in this cycle and like you keep doing the same thing every day and it's it 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 gets rudimentary and everything and it it felt like that a lot in this movie when literally the walls kind of he breaks into it with the ship yeah. like at the end at the point you're talking about. I'm literally reading Myth of Sisyphus. That's the book. Yeah, and Let's like go. literally, yeah, I completely This is a philosophy podcast Sorry. now. <laughs> but I I did think of Camus at those parts like when I was thinking about like I think Kristoff he's an antagonist, but I also think that he is guided by these kinds of principles and so what he doesn't see himself or what he's doing as being like antagonistic at all like he sees himself as giving Truman a life like free of all these like questions free of all these dangers mm-hmm. um but also without regarding the fact that I, it is inherently human um to question everything in your life anyways and they can't really control that I love when Truman's like you don't have a camera in my brain and it's true like you can try and make everything perfect, but someone's still gonna. People like people were just prone to asking questions and like wanting more than like what's right in front of us. Yeah, I think there's yeah, a lot of, of like in the matrix. Sorry, Seb. You can go on. Okay, I just think there's a, there's a lot of. Um... But come back to me. I got something else to say. There's a better. Come a... back to me later. <laughs> okay, I'll read. I'll read a speaking order in the chat. <laughs> no, oh no, God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, I do want to say something at some point, but like it could be any time. I think there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of different ways to read Kristoff, where he could be, uh, you know, the controlling forces of society could be God. He also, I think, mm-hmm. as Adam kind of alluded to, I think views Truman almost as a son, in the way those scenes where he's like oh, touching yeah. the screen, and and things like that. Persona moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But oh, I, yeah, I think true. there's um, all of those readings of the movie are valid, and you can follow them through uh, the entire story, and the metaphor kind of is flexible in that way, which is a thing I like about a lot of my favorite movies. There's not one way to read it. Yeah. 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 I was just gonna say that what what it, the uh, it, what Hannah said reminds me of like Matrix Reloaded. The part where the architects talking about how the first matrix they created, they were trying to create like the perfect life for all the people living within the matrix. Hmm. But then they realized that like uh, bad things and questioning and just facing conflict is human. And to take that away is not a life fully lived. Yeah, Damn. and that's like Dostoevsky, who I read right before I started reading Camus, <laughs> and Dostoevsky, <laughs> no seriously, because he was all, he did everything in response to Russian nihilism and Russian like science, science, whatever. Um, anyways, they they were all about like how man wants to live a life free of like any of these like issues and like one, oh, I don't know, and then, um, but. <laughs> The underground man is literally <laughs> about this guy who's like sick and he's like, I don't even give a shit. I'm not going to go to the hospital because like just to prove Russian nihilists wrong because they're like man always acts in his own best interest. But like Dostoevsky was arguing that in order for life to be worth living, there has to be like 
No, okay. I sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah, no, you're, no, <laughs> you, you sound smart. The, you're bringing the, facts. You guys remember the sausage party episode where Hannah accused the filmmakers of being first year philosophy students who only half remembered the concepts they were talking about? <laughs> Sebastian, I'm in second year and I'm not a philosophy student. I'm just taking philosophy courses. I see. Very different. Um, also, uh, oh, no, no, please. Sorry. Oh, what? No, oh, no, please, what were you saying? No, 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 please speak. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I, I was just gonna talk about Tr- Truman, like as a protagonist, like yeah. I think he, I think he works um, very well because he's kind of like the average guy. They really set him out in this world that they created for him to just be average, which is yeah, he's just really- the true man. You know, his life is fake, but he's the true man. <laughs> you can't see fucking Hannah's faces right now, but they are so shocked. <laughs> That was shocked. That was beautiful that's not, to watch. That's not clever. Don't. Wait, don't. No, but I feel like oh. I could replay that. Whoa, <laughs> wow. Well, maybe we can. <laughs> yeah, I thought He's the true man. <laughs> that. Wow. That's real. He is the true man. Um, he never. He never really. Sorry, I just wrote down, my notes are just so many things that I love about this, so if I'm just speaking too much, let me know. But he never notices anything that's really wrong until, like, halfway through the movie, I feel like. Um, And I I love that. Even with all these weird ads that, like, if we saw them in real life, (laughs) it would be like, what's going on? Like, those are just his everyday. Like, the the travel agency we spoke about earlier. Um, (laughs) Did you guys look at the... That the was all posters are so good. But we the can have posters, that conversation now. Yeah, the yeah, posters the are post- so funny. <laughs> the posters were just wall to wall, just planes getting hit by lightning, being like, <laughs> this could be you. What was the the first poster you see is like, this is what happens when you, like, could happen when you travel. It's like, yeah. it was like terrorists. Like, um, oh, yeah. I don't, I just remember Extreme the weather, like, terrorists. Yeah. 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 I also, I love how... Like every- tropical flu or something. Yeah. yeah, I love how every morning he gets shoved against a new ad by those twins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I that? love his like. I love at first how there's like all the like for us the audience you see all the really obvious like hidden cameras like the guy with the garbage can that just has like <laughs> a camera right in the middle of it. <laughs> I love that, but then it's like obviously because. Truman that's all he knows it's not weird to him which also mm-hmm. brings up the question of the travel agency it's like if you control this world why build in a travel agency like it doesn't have to be realistic you could just be like it doesn't exist I would say a, don't exist a lot of elements of the show don't really make sense as a show but they are so important to the metaphor and they're like work so well within the movie that I don't really think about it yeah but like why did they build yeah. a travel agent set at all why tell him about <laughs> Europe and all these other places like why is his yeah. job a, well, yeah. a desk kinda... job at an insurance company where they actually <laughs> assign him clients? Why would that be the show? Why would people want to watch that? I don't think they but... assign him. I don't think they're real clients because I think the point is that he's never supposed to advance very far into his job so that he never has the economic like capacity to move because that's one of the things he's like talks about not having enough money to travel. And, and they also just like they want to keep him in the same place so that's why i think he he's like having trouble getting um clients at his job the mm-hmm. the travel stuff to me also read a bit like um 
they're kind of going with the flow as they're writing all this. So I yeah. think that years ago they they established certain things as like, oh yeah, this person went away on a trip, right? And then they're like, oh wait, shit, how are we gonna <laughs> yeah. how are we gonna justify him never wanting to go anywhere? And I think so. Then no- they make him afraid of traveling, and they make him. But then they're like, oh, but he he's gonna want to it, you know. So it's like they're always like uh-huh. trying to cover their steps. Yeah. It's also the thing of like when what's her face when she like has her freak out and then the like dad actor comes to get her and is like she's like we're going to Fiji or whatever. <laughs> I think that was just like bad improv. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was like an emergency. <laughs> it was. But I also I do think that part of the show like what it was supposed to be its appeal is its realisticness to life. You know what I mean? Like, like they could have told mm-hmm. him that like there was nothing beyond the ocean. Like there's also things they could have done they could, could have been like the village where they told them they're monsters like but this is literally the village they, instead they want it to be <laughs> his real life like they want things to feel like natural for the audience because that's the appeal so that's why they like have to come up with all these different ways to kind of almost brainwash Truman like I think so I feel like they probably built also like I think with him knowing that like places in Euro- like Europe and stuff exist, I he had to go to school. He had to go to university. They're not gonna write all new fucking textbooks and like mm. curriculums. <laughs> I think they're trying to make it as relatable as possible. He's supposed to be the all American. Right. Like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to yeah. plot a whole the movie. I know it's a movie, and it's okay that all these things don't have explanations. I just wonder how are people tuning mm-hmm. in and watching him do his insurance job like sit at his desk and make yeah. Yeah. like it doesn't really That's make it. sense hours. it just makes sense for the the metaphor yeah well it's also... sorry nara you go and then i i, I, mean, I was just gonna say also the thing about the show is that it's like a 24 hour like live thing so it's like people are tuning in to watch him sleep like <laughs> it's just sort of i think it's one of those things that is like like of course there are some people that like avidly follow it in this world but i think there's also it's just supposed to be like background noise that you just tune in whenever. Yeah. Yeah. But I but I also think that like the question you asked, Seb, is actually the central question that's interesting about it for me. Like w- it is supposed to be a show of escapism, but it's a show that just mimics what people do every day. So why would people be interested in that? But also why are we interested in reality shows in general? I love reality when, like, shows. When like a lot of those I guess are a heightened version of real life, but it's supposed to just be a mimicking of real life or some weird person. Why do we get attached to that? I think that that's like the, that's a very valid question for you to ask, Seb. And I don't think it's actually a plot hole question. I think it's like a a completely interesting thematic question. Why are all these people so invested in this other life rather than the life that they're living, which is like just as exciting as this life they're seeing on screen? I think, I think the escapism of the Truman Show, like in that world, is sort of like what people here get from like reality TV show where there is a bit not necessarily all reality TV show, but I think, like, if you look at, like, um, like, Real Housewives or, like, Keeping Up with the Kardashians or, like, stuff of that nature where it is, like, supposed to be more based in real life, but this heightened version, like, this unattainable version of, like, everyday life, it's, like, that aspirational thing, but, like, what's aspirational about Truman's life is that he sort of, like, has the ideal life. He has, like, what we were saying earlier, like, the American, like, dream life, and it's sort of, like, um on one hand it's like all these people that i think you see watching his show are 
they're working class, but I think like slightly lower working class than Truman is, where they don't necessarily seem like people who have desk jobs. Like it's a mom, like it looks like a single mom at home with her kid is watching it. And then this guy who like is in the sad bathroom that he bought out of the Truman Show catalog because they have the exact same bathroom. <laughs> and then it's like the two security guards who are working like the night shift and then all like the two waitresses at the bar. So I think it is like aspirational to them because it's just a little bit unlike us watching like these like rich people in like New York or whatever existing it's for them it's like that's more attainable having that life is more attainable and they can sell it to you yeah. as a product so that that makes this really good science fiction too like it's very subtle but it's it's kind of like that black mirror like oh this there's a moment where it's like I could see this being a reality like this could be some twisted thing mm-hmm. it's, it's not too I, yeah. outlandish to me I think it is based in like our reality. Like it, it um, it's interesting that you say that, Nora. That you view, re, like view it as Truman's life being aspirational. I think it like my reading of it was more like that. It is like a sort of like a comfort, and it's like an almost relatable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because like the popularity of reality TV, um, kind of came from the idea of being able to like see yourself portrayed on TV. I took a class on it. I'm sorry, I bring everything back to school, like whatever. Um, <laughs> You're such an academic. Uh, like the first reality TV of this kind was actually considered a documentary, but um, it was just followed like a normal American family and it got all edited to have drama or whatever. But um, in our class, we kind of learned that because you're on scripted television, you're being like, pushed like kind of like more outrageous stories or whatever people don't see themselves reflected on tv and like that's why people like to tune into reality tv and like that's why we end up watching stories about people who like don't live exceptional lives but just interest us in some way and like we're supposed obviously there is like a heightened idea of it but if you even think about like all these like tlc shows there's obviously a gimmick of like oh, we have eight kids, or, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we do this, whatever. But there's always just people's normal lives, and there are never kids. people who live particularly glamorous lives, and I think, like, I don't know, part yeah. of that to me feels like it would be the appeal. I also think it's really interesting, like, okay, someone's echoing. Ooh. Oh, I was so just repeating this- everything that you said again. I just because I okay. thought it was really smart. I could hear. Um, <laughs> I was I was I, just being your hype man. No, someone. Okay, someone. No, no, no. Um, but I think it's really interesting, and this kind of goes back to the village and what we talked about then as well. But like the kind of like world they created in the Truman Show, because it isn't reflective of the '90s. It's not even really reflective of the '60s, which is when the show would have started like it has a very 1950s america feel Mm -hmm. to it i think it's really interesting like like why they decided to keep that aesthetic and not really seem to develop it too much it feels set in the past he watches i love lucy in black and white on tv um like i thought it was very interesting that i think there's no actual people in his life that are like people of color and like the only kind of, I think the only 
characters that are people of color are his neighbors and the bus driver the bus driver and then the not in his life but in Kristoff's life his assistant is an asian woman but i think it's more like within the show like yeah they've chosen chosen to cast it the way they did and like it just really feels like a tv version of like an all-american life where it's like i don't know it like it's i think i think it's really interesting what the movie is saying by choosing to have it's the Kristoff create this world that does feel like it's out of like a 1950s like story well i think there's a there's an anti-tv reading of the movie as well where at the end uh truman can continue to live in in the tv world or he can step out into the real world and then those security guards in like the final moment of the movie miss the point and they decide to just watch something else instead of taking the lesson of truman and going and like taking the lessons of art and using that in their real life they just like watch the next thing as entertainment yeah they say what else is on yeah <laughs> and then it just <laughs> goes to black like that's such a great ending to me i don't know it was great yeah like they're completely unaffected by the actual like content or like message mm-hmm. of what yeah. they're seeing um, that line also oh actually nara you wanted to say something I'll, I'll no say i i have to think more about what i wanted to say Okay, well, I don't have to think at all. Usually I just say things, and then I realize halfway through that they're stupid, and then I ramble on and on until uh, until I lose confidence of what I'm saying. No, I'm I'm doing it. I said nothing about you. No, I was making a joke. I was just making a self burn. Okay, I just didn't want you to think that I was. I was talking about myself. I would never never say that to my face. <laughs> that line so, made me think about how as an artist your life work always matters so much more to you than to anyone else mm-hmm. and it just made me think of like this is Truman's life and even these people <laughs> who care so much at the very end they're like yeah that's cool I'll just go on to the next thing which like as for some artists I guess that can feel really hurtful but I've kind of come to peace with that. I'm like, everything I make is always going to matter way more to me and to the people that helped make it um, than it will to any audience member. I hope that they get the point, but if they don't get the point, hopefully they just enjoyed watching it. That's true. Yeah. Um, I think the spectators in this are such a great character. Like, I've only really seen them used like this in early seasons of... A sex in the city if you guys have watched that like where they just cut yeah. to like random people off the street and they're just like ask their opinion i thought that was really uh effective in seeing just like what the general populace thought about this show because i mm-hmm. was curious and i think they they say it in like a throw line a throwaway line when uh truman's love interest is calling um they say like most people don't care it's only like a very small vocal audience who are opposed to Truman being uh, trapped in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, just seeing those real people, like, and how they interacted with it, like, the dude in the tub who fell asleep watching it, like, the the old people who also fell asleep watching it, I, I thought that was like, oh, so this is, like, who's watching Truman and who's invested in what this guy's up to every day. Yeah. It's really cool. And I think the things that excelled the most for it as a television show, like, I'm trying to think of why people would watch it, is, I guess, the things that he does when he thinks no one's watching. Like, when he's when he's in the washroom and he, like, draws 
the astronaut soap thing. That's so fun. <laughs> like you, that's the kind of reality TV that I think you don't even see on reality TV. Like, it's it's more per- well, formative in reality TV where that with the Truman Show it's it's not like he doesn't even know what's going on. Which well, is it's like always those moments in like actual reality TV. Um, like when they do have those moments, they're always like those weird like canned bits where it's like. Like, they'll use it more as, like, a blooper reel kind of thing where they'll have it, like, just before the ad break or, like, midway through the ad break. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mm. Or it'll just be, like, its own standalone, like, little thing that you, like, or, like, at the end of the episode just to humanize the characters after Mm -hmm. everything or, like, have to bring them back down to, like, um, the everyday people level. Yeah. But, like, I think it's, like, interesting where it's, like, as, like, controlled as this show is, it really is in that way like they were stating at the beginning like um like it's like his real life like it's like real reactions just a controlled setting instead of them manipulating how we as the audience read his reactions they're manipulating how he reacts Um, that's like it's so interesting like i love just watching him like the christoph's like direction and like seeing everyone and like all the techniques that the showrunners come up with to kind of like uh, manipulate Truman in some way it's like so interesting um and uh <laughs> <laughs> okay. Seb do it's... you want to mention Giamatti here you love that guy in his micro performance I think Giamatti yeah, is one of the he's one of the best uh things in it Paul Giamatti like I think this is like before he was well known at all He's one of my favorite actors, and he plays one of the guys in the control room, and he has my favorite moment in the entire movie when he refuses to kill Truman in the storm. And it's, like, such oh. a small oh, yeah. small character, but he goes... I think it's the best line delivery in the movie. He's, like, he's going to drown, and he doesn't even care. And he just he won't press the button to, to drown him. Yeah. And mm. it's great. Can I just... I think the control room is also really interesting to think about because there's, like... Um, that character and then the guy who's like the intern or his like the guy that he's teaching and you're just thinking about it's like it's been generations of people working on this show mm-hmm. it's been generations mm-hmm. of people having that job um, and just thinking about like how in the real world like it is people's aspirations to be like I want to work on the Truman show one day like that is my life goal yeah. like these people that have grown up like I wonder if those women who are like working or like the people who are like in the bar or like the guy in the bathtub, if they're still watching because they've, like, grown up with Truman and they've been, like, right. w- they were, like, watching him grow with them. But I think that's supposed to be the appeal of the show also is the idea that people are growing up with him or you're watching him grow up, like, as time passes, which you never actually get with any other, like, t- actual TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Things always end. There's always, like, a kind of roaster of, like... uh roster of like characters or cast if it's like a really long running show um but i was like i feel like part of the appeal is that you get to watch someone grow up but without any of the kind of obstacles or like elements that might come into anybody else's lives that like complicate it mm-hmm. it's like imagine seeing mm. like how a person comes to be without ever like having i mean i obviously they create fake trauma for the character for the sake of keeping him on the island which is but so like, fucked up he, it, Truman never has like like it's not like he has like uh, a bad like 
phase or like a rebellious phase or like watches like I don't know it's it's just very interesting because like I feel like yeah it's ha- how you think you're gonna watch someone grow up I don't well know. I was the... just wondering like Elsa Seb do you want to go I just want to say that I think the world building of the movie is so good that it makes you wonder about all these things in a way that's not obtrusive like I was thinking did yeah. they ever switch yeah. out the actor for the best friend and I don't care either way. I just think it's interesting. And there's That's like That's true. Yeah. But like everything How would you do that though? I'll be yeah, I no, guess they have a fight and they stop being best friends. Then you hire or, a new like, one. The best friend moves away and then a new neighbor moves in and they're best friends. But now. even Nara what you I said about like the guys in the control room, like it fully convinces me that Truman could escape in that moment because those guys are gonna be bored watching him twenty four hours a day all the time. So there's obviously going to be yeah. times when they're goofing off, and it really convinces me that that would happen, which I think is cool. Well, yeah, also, if the show's been going on for decades, it's like, there's probably so much of that. Yeah. There's probably so many times, like, in the like where Truman's doing something really interesting somewhere else on the show, and the guys in the control room are, like, asleep or something and just forget to switch the cameras. <laughs> and they're just, like, and then people just, like, get to watch this, like, empty room for, like, 20 minutes on TV. Um, but also I was gonna say earlier I think it's like really interesting Um, like obviously like it's like the movie was written this way and then it's like we're under the impression that the show was like created in a certain way to develop Truman's character to sort of be this person who would be um, more acceptable to like the everyday like American public and who would um, sort of like um, just go with how the show was running but I'm like It'd be so interesting if Truman just, like, became, like, totally rebellious in some way or just became, like, really, like, not aspirational (laughs) at all and, like, was just, like, yeah, I'm going to live at home forever and, like, not try to achieve any of these, like, like, the American dream ideals. And he just, like, went against that. Like, what would the show be like at that point? Mm -hmm. But I think that's part of Kristoff's, like, sorry, but, like, his, his role is that he's basically trying to become the ultimate parent so he's like trying to figure out what are the ways that i can make this so this like doesn't happen and also like i think for things like like you know if he's like oh i don't know what i want to do with my life like the insurance sales job someone probably went up to him one day and was like hey truman want a job and then he like (laughs) got it and like even like laura lenny literally falls into his lap like these things just kind of but i think for like develop his developing his character as a person it's almost it kind of reminds me of like how at the time the show would have started there was there's like all these crazy like psych experiments that went on with kids that shit that would never like fly now where they're like we're just testing to see like how they're like nature versus nurture and all that and like if kids were like good or bad and like all the different elements that come into your growing up and like I don't know, this feels like just like a really unethical psych experiment. I wonder if Truman I... got bullied in high school. No way. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I like he... to imagine, like, I think that Truman must have had like a, there must have been like a three-year arc where he was like a goth. Uh, I think there was actually <laughs> had, like, like a four-year arc. I don't think so. Yeah, I think there I... was a four-year arc where he was popping penguins. I think that like, <laughs> he was... <laughs> There was a two-year arc where he was a cable guy. Huh. Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like this must have happened. No, yeah, it's your like, Jim Carrey jokes. Job? I think this is supposed to be, like, a real-world version of the kinds of, like, 
uh, characters and lives that you saw in like 50s like in early 60s tv shows where really everyone was just swell and perfect yeah but there was definitely a few years where he was a pet detective Okay. <laughs> a few years but where I he mean, was having fun like, with Dick and Jane. Like, I don't know. When he's like, oh, guys, sorry, I got to study for my. You guys thing remember and, that one summer oh, when he I'm was obsessed the with band. the number 23? Hey. <laughs> that was a dark period. That was a really was dark period. And then there was summer. a season where he just he just wanted to delete all of his memories. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That And that was weird. <laughs> But, like, a really good season. That was a really good season. Anyways. Uh, I always get this movie confused with Pleasantville in my brain. Because no! Like, I did think Pleasantville. Pleasantville. Obviously, this movie is, like, exponentially <laughs> better than Pleasantville. But... Hey, like, I remember watching Pleasantville when I was, like, 10. What is that? Thinking it was pretty okay. What is that movie? Oh, I loved Pleasantville as a kid, uh, but I watched it... <laughs> Hannah and I watched it more recently. Oh, my God. <laughs> there were things I liked about it, but the movie went in some really dumb directions. I'm it's like, like really racist, isn't yeah. it? Well, it's it like... tries to make an anti-racist statement by like being incredibly racist. What is it? It's like it's a movie where Tobey Maguire and Reese Witherspoon get trapped into a 1950s TV show called Pleasantville, and so they live in this black and white world. But they're two like 90s teens, and then they cause the whole town to have a sexual awakening, which they makes people. Them. Um, become like, all that stuff is very color. good all this stuff about the sexual awakening is I great thought it's really interesting too but then once this happens and <laughs> yeah. half the town is black and white and half the town is in color there's this really terrible <laughs> so attempt at making a comment about race and segregation even though everyone in the movie is white and <laughs> there's there's it signs is just in, the, in the windows that say no coloreds because people <laughs> who are in color can't come in. but yeah everyone in the movie is oh, white no. so bad <laughs> That's a disaster. <laughs> There's a great Fiona Apple cover of Across the Universe that she did. Yes, for the yes movie. I was just talking about her talk covers about... today. She does one. Pardon? Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, go did on, you? go on, go on. I was talking about her covers today. She does one for uh, the Charlie and the, the Chocolate Factory one, too. Pure Imagination? Really? I think so. Whoa. Whoa. Well, I was you... just going to say, can we talk about how awesome Fiona Apple is? Her new album? Her new oh, album. my I haven't God. listened to it Did yet. you hear Cara Delevingne's background vocals on a track? I haven't listened Crazy. to it either. I've, oh, really? That doesn't surprise me. I don't Go know. Go listen. Go. It surprises it's so good. me. <laughs> but she did, like, I know she was dating St. Vincent, but she has, like, vocals on a St. Vincent album, too. Yeah. And she but kind was... of sings. Cara Delevingne was dating St. Vincent? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. For like a while. Could I? Could I? I don't really know when celebrities date. Um, Zoe Deschanel is dating a property brother. Except I know. I know that, <laughs> I know that <laughs> Brad and Angelina. My bad reading. Brad and Angelina are t- together. Yeah. What's that? No, they yeah. broke up. No. Brad Jennifer... and Angelina. <laughs> Guys, would they, they broke up ages ago. Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt are self quarantining together. Self isolating. Are they actually? Yeah. Can I say my reading of the movie? Yes. Does it involve Brangelina? No. Well, I this think is, we should have a separate celebrity about, gossip podcast. Just putting it out there. I think there's something about celebrity in this film. Seb, please say your <laughs> reading. Yes. Talk about celebrity. Go ahead. I was just trying to. No, I, I want to get us back reading. on track. <laughs> I hate tracks. Seb, I love you. Seb, what's in your brain right Don't now? Don't get mad at me. No, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> What's in your brain right now? I just, I just miss all of you. <laughs> miss you too. Uh, I miss all of you too. That's, 
what's in my brain, but I want to say just very quickly, in the 90s, there were a lot of movies in the vein of, uh, you know, American Beauty, Office Space, uh, Falling Down, Fight Club, even The mm-hmm. Matrix, maybe, where it's like, yeah, where it's like, your office job is suffocating you, middle class white man, and the whole world is against you, and your wife is in on it, and uh, if you just fought back <laughs> against everyone, then wouldn't that be so much better? And, you know, there's not some big... In, in Fight Club, there's that monologue of like, oh, our generation doesn't have some big thing. There's no Great Depression. There's no war, whatever. Yeah. Um, like, there was just like all this feeling that life was meaningless and whatever, and it's not adding up to anything. And I feel like you could, yeah. if you were trying, lump this movie into that especially in the way that like Truman just hates his wife and they, they just hate each other. And yeah. he's even like terrorizes her at parts. Um, mm. And I don't think it's entirely a fair reading, but I do think it's in there that feeling that like, Oh, our life hasn't added up to anything. And so we have to fight back even though like, yeah, he has I, a really good life. I don't That's such an disagree. I don't disagree. Opinion. I don't agree with the matrix though, because okay. I think that that whole point of that movie is about empathy and about I, loving everyone and how uh well i do think the truman show not right to feel it separates itself from something like falling down where michael douglas goes on a rampage after being unhappy at his office job <laughs> like it's not like that like he doesn't hurt anyone i'm gonna s- but it's that same sort of feeling though, yeah sure i, I don't the disagree truman show to me doesn't feel so much as like commentary on like a greater society like oh this is where we are now like we're all sheeple, blah, blah, blah. It feels more about just, like, an exploration of, like, what it is to be an individual and, like, autonomy. And, like, it just feels more connected to, like, greater, like, existential questions than, like, just, like, oh, we're living life and we are bored. And I've never seen any of the movies that you mentioned <laughs> except The Matrix, but I was really young. But I've seen... I think I understand I thought we watched what Fight Club is together. about. I No, we did not. Oh. You've um, seen the meme. There's a meme with the office space. You've probably seen. Maybe I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but the Truman Show, like, it does feel like, I'm sh- I guess, yes, there's definitely, like, societal commentary, but it just feels more like commentary on, like, the individual and, like, more, like, about creating and defining your own existence within a world full of, like, different kind of forces trying to, like, put you into a certain type of, like, lifestyle or, like, box. It doesn't, like, necessarily feel as much of, like, everything sucks for suburban white men type of movie. If It also doesn't have that same bitterness. Although, again, yes. I've never no, seen no, any no, of that's, those movies. That's yeah. the key thing, I yeah, think, is it's, I it's not bitter about those things. But I do think the way you described... The central idea is the central idea in a lot of those movies of like, oh, you have to carve out your own, and that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But is, is I think you're right. Is the bitterness a, is, the, yeah, is the difference. But I don't necessarily think that like posing those questions. Like I think a lot of like movies sometimes where I feel like that is the central issue. There's usually like I don't know. It, it's like uh, like I didn't feel like this was a specifically like 
movie ask I don't know it just feels like it's not necessarily asking the wrong questions or in the wrong way I just it's a perfect movie so I really am getting <laughs> here. but um I don't know okay someone else talk nah, what you I was saying? just gonna I was just gonna say like after that it's sort of like like when you're talking about like sort of that like 90s genre of like bitter white man movies <laughs> who like feel like they're not worth anything anymore is sort of like the opposite i think like they're like that they're like very much like all canonized for like film people as like a specific like film culture and spe- for a specific film audience um and then i think the counterpart to that are like the 90s teen movies which people who are still like somewhat into film or like watch those as sort of like like the fun 90s films almost and i think this like thinking about that dichotomy where it's like those films are also tackling the same themes of like there's not really like the world seems kind of pointless whatever i have to carve out my own identity but it does it in a way where the end is sort of hopeful and the end is aspirational and it's all like these characters like building towards something to try and fit into the world and try and create a better world instead of rejecting the world and i think thinking about the truman show and like in one of those two contexts i do kind of like now see the story as a coming of age somehow because it is that story of like i'm leaving my parents behind i'm leaving my hometown i'm gonna go be my own person in the world um so it like kind of is maybe a coming of age film i i wrote that down too actually i i like it is like oh sorry oh i was just gonna talk a bit about that um yeah yeah, because like truman lacks so much control throughout the whole thing Uh, it does feel like his his sense of rebellion is right at the end it it I don't know. It works mm-hmm. so well as as a coming of age movie. It's 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 nice like that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a movie about seizing your autonomy. I also love how the movie does end with kind of like like obviously we know he chooses to leave the dome, but we have no fucking idea where he's gonna go or mm-hmm. what he's gonna do next. And I kind gonna of gonna be on talk just shows a, probably. It reminded me of The Graduate a bit, where like the way The Graduate like leaves off. Oh, Have yeah, you all true. seen it? No. No. Like, okay. Well, the graduate leaves off with, like, sort of an. One decision is made, but then there's just kind of a big question mark in the air, it feels like. There's no actual question. They're, like, happy for a second, but then they're and, also like, oh, shit, what did, what did we do? And what's our life going to be like now? And there's no, like, definitive. And I mean, that movie is also very much, like, a coming of age movie where guys, like, life. Um,. What am I going to do with it? Um, (laughs) But I feel like I have my own issues with The Graduate, but I actually do really like it. And I don't know what else I'm trying to say here. Adam? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, and and I said this already, but I don't disagree with what you're saying, Seb. Like, I think that you totally can lump this into that kind of movie. I think what makes it feel different for me is that, like, all those movies or most of those movies start off and you're like deep set in that world of like anger and masculinity and just like, oh, everything sucks and whatever. This one, we know what the conceit is right off the top that there's like a world that actually literally is controlling him. And he still seems like super happy about it. Like the first Mm -hmm. 30 minutes of the movie, he's actually like really at peace with this life. It's only once he starts to see the cracks and starts to see like, oh, wait a second. My life actually is manufactured in this really fucked up way um, that he starts to get angry. And he never get. I mean, he, he gets kind of angry towards his wife. Um, 
but he never he doesn't go on like a violent rampage yeah a lot of those movies like uh i feel like the characters are kind of of demasculated and then they reclaim that through violence or like aggressive or predatory sexuality but truman doesn't do that obviously but and also like i feel like in a lot of like movies with that kind of bitterness i feel like there is like an anger underlaying like towards women like i don't i think truman doesn't necessarily love his wife but i think that's more has to do with the manufactured nature of the relationship i don't think the movie or truman like hates women anyways adam continues yeah that part those parts with the wife were kind of weird i see what you're saying seb i also kind of moving to a different conversation but i really like that character a lot like she's one of my favorites Mm -hmm. in i don't think she liked truman (laughs) i really don't think she liked him at all um but she's still there every day like clocking in to to talk to this man it seems so (laughs) twisted like when she gets off her bike and she's like hey honey i'm i'm home like she just got on her shift (laughs) like busted and um and she's oh yeah sorry just one one last thing she's the one who is doing you can say more than one last thing you can keep going on forever (laughs) i was uh i was jumping the shark Ooh, jumping the shark um you please what take your time uh one thing that she does that i really enjoy was the product placements um which I get they're weird at the start, but I mean throughout the movie when there's actual conflict, um, and Truman actually addresses them, she, he's like, "Why are you talking about coffee beans or whatever? Like, <laughs> did you not see what I just did? Like, did, did you not see what's going on? I, like, I, I don't think he. It feels like he was trying to break up with her for such a, a while time, a long, a long while, and she was just saying ads and trying to run out of, <laughs> of the room so many times, which was such a funny <laughs> gag. Um, it also made me think of um, that other movie we watched. I think it was Pussycat Dolls, where they had uh, a lot of product placement. Josie and the Pussycats? Oh, oh Josie and the Pussycats? Oh, Josie and the Pussycats. Um, uh, yeah, that one, because they had a lot of product placement in the movie, but it was also like a plot device um, to, to help tell the story of the world. I thought that was really cool. I feel like the difference is that the, I don't know if any of the brands are real. No. Or that many of them are real in the Truman Show where the pussy or Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, my gosh. Um, it feels like that. Like, it's all like really big, like, well known. Yeah. It, do- yeah, it doesn't also, feel like they got wait, brand Nara, deals. Nara had her hand up for a while. Yeah. I know. I was just. Wait, did me or Adam have our hand up first? Who had their hand up first? You did. Well, Adam you was can waiting, go, Nara. but. Okay, um... I'll go after Nara. Can I book that spot? <laughs> yeah, you can book here. I'll, I'm going to put you down. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. We'll all remember. But I just want to book that spot. Okay, Adam, no. book that spot right after me. Um, <laughs> But I was going to say, it's also, like, um, like, interesting to think, like, in the context where it's, like, yeah, like, Truman might be having, like... Like, I don't think anybody who watches the show would, like, be aspirational to be, like, I want to be Truman. I want to be the next Truman who has yeah. a life. They'd be, like, I want to be that person on the show. I want to be a friend of Truman. So that way you can still, like, in some ways, his, like, their life is better than Truman's life. Because they get, like, the freedom that of, like, the real world. But then they also get to, like, have this, like, the fame and this, like, manufactured, like, life and comfort. 
But then you see from Laura Linney's character that it's like, maybe that's worse because she's stuck. And like from the best friend also, she's like, they're stuck in these contracts being absolutely horrible to this person that they probably have formed some sort of a connection towards. Or, or at least the best friend character, like it seems like he does have compassion for this guy. Um, But then it's like, they also like probably want to get out of this world and want to end this world just as like be free just as much as Truman does and move on with their life and start finally start like a new like acting project or creative project or whatever so it's sort of like there is like um like that is one thing that I also wondered about while watching it so I'm like do they just like go home and have like families that they like have breakdowns to like do they like what do they talk to the therapist about (laughs) are any of them like in these like organizations that are like secretly in these organizations that are like free Truman like I want to know the world, like, the reality outside of the Truman Show. Like, how, like, these cast members operate within that. Yeah, and that's probably what we're going to get from the sequel, Truman Show 2, coming out <laughs> next year, I wish. Um, yeah, we're going to make really? it. Uh, some people are friends of Truman. Some people or aspire to be friends of Truman. Some people aspire to be friends of Insomniac. Okay, those were a couple of jokes I had while you were uh, saying <laughs> those things. But here's the point I wanted to actually make. <laughs> Sick. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, not funny. Not funny. Uh, Adam, cut that out. This is what happens <laughs> with five kidding. hosts. You've got to schedule <laughs> your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then by the time, you know, humor is based off of timing. <laughs> And when you have to wait and then say a joke delayed <laughs> and uh, without confidence, it's so suddenly it's not funny. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what I actually wanted to say, um, going back to what Funke was saying, uh, and you know what others were saying as well <laughs> about the, I'm just gonna make my point. Thanks I don't need for all the crumbs, preamble. Adam. I'm gonna make my goddamn yes, point go right Adam. now. Um, something I really love seeing in. Truman's wife character. What's what's her character's name? Laura Linney. I don't know either. It's like Anyway. It's like Meredith I, or something. I love Marilyn? that performance because Mary? it's it's similar to something I mentioned on the Death Trap episode about Christopher Reeves within the movie, where it's like we're watching a character put on a performance to the other characters on screen. And so you really understand like how that performance that they're asking to be enacted is actually weighing on them. And you start to see that human empathy come through in the way that like, they don't really, they have to put on this performance. They have to do these weirdly timed, oh, Meryl is her name. Thank you, Nara. <laughs> Wrote You're in the welcome. chat. Uh, you know, this character has to do these weirdly timed ads that are so non-human and they're also being asked to express real humanity to this character that's in front of them. So it's really interesting to see a performer put on a performance towards the other characters in the Yes. Movie. Just, just super quickly on that note, there's a moment I really love where Truman is like kind of starting to melt down and he runs in to talk to Marlin. And Marlin is putting chocolate bars in a vending machine, which I guess is his job and he takes them out and starts putting them back in because it's like that's what he does he just has this repeated action and he's just like yeah uh, it's it's really subtle but i really like it 
It is. I also love that his best friend is a vending machine stalker because that's perfect for product placement. Sorry, fun <laughs> that's, that's so true. True. Um, uh, sorry. I, there's there's a scene when I think it's right when he's he has the knife. There's a whole knife thing with him and his wife, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And he's like, "You can't kill me. You're not gonna get me. Like, stop it." And then the best friend comes in. And she's like, I can't take it anymore. This is so unprofessional. Like, that point, I was like, dang, oh, she yeah. broke character. But Truman didn't even notice, right? Like, that 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 part was one of her strongest as an actor. Acting as an actor, too? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The part you were just talking about, Adam. Like, I think that, that part showcases that the most. Oh my yeah, God. definitely. And Laura Linney like has this air of exhaustion, as if she's a actress who was cast on a sitcom that just like won't end, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my God, I did this because I was up and coming, and now I can't get out of the contract." Yeah. So it's. I was gonna say, I also love the inside like actor gags, how they're all actors, like in the surgery, and then the guy. <laughs> oh, that like, was so funny. Surgery is so funny. Top scene. And he's like, I'm just the bus driver. Or he's like, I'm just an actor. I can't drive like this. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's like, it's like so funny. Like, it's just like, like those little moments, like, I guess like the world building in this film is just so good. We've talked about it a lot, but like those little Hell moments yeah. where you're like, damn, do you think they recycle this extra to just be, like, an extra in other spots? Yeah. And they're just, like, get a guy that looks like a doctor in here now. Um, but, like, it's so funny. And it's, like, that person who's just, like, lying on the table. like. And then they they actually slice really them. Yes, because they? they have to. Because he's looking. Yeah. And then, and yeah, then and he's, he's like, like, will someone clean, like, clean that up? <laughs> All right, yeah. making the and incision. And the guy, the guy who's on the... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the guy who's on the table, like, gets up for a second because it's like, oh, he was actually sliced. Oh my god. That's so funny. Just yeah, seeing was... seeing how Ed Harris presumably is, like, trying to manufacture <laughs> yeah. a scene right before your eyes. But those are really, Ed really great. Ed Harris is great. so good in this. Oh, yeah, Sorry. yeah. He he is. The, the, the background actors commit to the bit so hard. It is fantastic. I yeah. think they do a great job. And even in that scene where... Uh, Truman is going uh, in the boat, and they're like, get people on the boat, chase him, chase him. And then the guy's like, he is an actor. Like, he doesn't know how to drive a boat. <laughs> There's just, like, five dudes on a boat who don't know what the buttons do. <laughs> to chase it's so funny. It's so funny. I also, my favorite part in the entire film, it's not even a big part. I just thought it was really funny. Is when there's like the nuclear reactor meltdown, oh, yeah, and then the guy with the radiation gun just starts like chasing him, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like this like weird, al- like they're like alien, like they're literally like just like look like yeah. aliens, and then they like, like like knock him down in this like kind of Jurassic Park looking like forest, like foreign mm-hmm. landscape, um, and it just like brings such a like different like. Like, it just makes the comedy in that moment even more absurd. I don't know. It's funny. I think it's also less terrifying to see a bunch of nuclear reactor cleanup men chasing Truman than it would be to see a bunch of cops chasing <laughs> yeah. him. I also think there's yeah. a nice kind of meta thing about plotting where it's like um, the movie is conspiring to keep Truman in the set in the same way that the characters are. So it's like, oh, right, what do we yeah. come up with now? Oh, I guess there's a forest fire, and then it's an obvious special effect. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's what you have to do when you're writing a movie, is go like, oh, how do I get the characters to not succeed at first? You have to like, yeah. throw these obstacles. And you're, try- 
and you're trying to create like the illusion of real life with like inherently contrived events that you've written yeah mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool wow mm-hmm. i think that this is probably the most appropriate time i can't really think of a more appropriate time to tell you this seb oh god um i don't know oh. if i should be the oh. one are we telling don't, him now? don't do it oh no don't do it uh, oh i get it <laughs> uh seb funke do you want to do it yeah, that's sorry. I'm just getting a phone call. I, okay, I can't take this news right now. Hello, Seb. It's me on the other yeah. line. Oh, Funky. Hey. How'd you get this number? <laughs> oh no, I just got it. I got it from the internet. Uh, Seb, I wanted to tell you <laughs> this uh, whole podcast thing. It's been a setup. It's what? it's not real. Since birth, we've well, been doing this. But podcast. we've been we've Your been doing this for thirty is a years. Podcast. I know, but I mean, what? it's just around you. It's based around you as an individual. I'm sorry. Oh my god! But it, if you, it if all you, makes sense. If you stay on the podcast, that, it'll be okay. You'll be safe. You'll that be cool. that I accent. I think you guys that, got your gags confused. <laughs> that accident that happened to me in the, no. in the visual medium, <laughs> and then I swore against ever doing a visual medium again. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that time a camera <laughs> fell on your face. <laughs> um, do we want to give our, our, our whack numbers? Seb, you are a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Seb created all podcasts. I was your the first birth baby. was podcasted. Yeah, I was the first baby adopted. The first adopted. podcast ever created was your you going wow wow <laughs> I was the first baby legally adopted by an independent film festival <laughs> Yeah and why did adopted <laughs> Yeah we actually broke your phone so you'd get that phone call on your landline right now Yeah Is this why I had that yeah. podcast and, with uh, that guy who sounded just like my dad <laughs> <laughs> He's not really your dad. He's an actor sponsored by Audible. <laughs> we're not really podcasters or uh, Insomniac team members. We're actually just actors hired to yeah. run and a your film life, festival. Your life is one big commercial sponsored by Me Undies <laughs> and and Dollar Shave Club. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Sev, are you uh, wearing undies yeah. right now? Because you ought to try the new me undies. <laughs> this is just a casual we thing I'm saying. Advertise them. We need to get the sponsorship first. <laughs> oh, because this is a real podcast. Someone should sponsor Honestly. us. <laughs> I bet you want a delicious taste of that new Coca-Cola Zero. <laughs> I don't know if any of the bit we just did would convince anyone we're a real podcast that they should sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> In spawn Insomniac. Is no, that was a clear bit. called Insponsniac. You and hear that? You hear that, Coca-Cola? The idea of sponsorship. <laughs> and I'm so tired. Coca-Cola, if you want to sponsor us, we will call the festival Insomniac. Stay up all night with Coca-Cola. <laughs> Anna, you're tired? Yeah. You should have a Coca-Cola thing. Got some caffeine. <laughs> Sorry, I promised my best friend Kendall Jenner I'm a Pepsi girl only. <laughs> oh no. She's an actress, she's not yeah. your best friend. <laughs> Stop. So were yeah. you were you Hannah, were you this is actually an elaborate you setup? Convinced? You guys yeah. were actually Wait. freaking oh, me out for a second. I didn't actually get it for a while. 
What? I thought you guys had actually planned something to do to me. What? An episode. No, we, I, we, I don't know if these guys planned this gag ahead of time, but I was not in on it. So I was very confused, too. I you didn't know what we were admitting thought... to you. Well, that's really interesting, mm-hmm. Hannah, because I think we have to tell you something. <laughs> have I Hannah... been helping run the podcast of Sub's Lives and that's just a... <laughs> Hannah, no, that bit actually, was a Seb show. No, actually, Sub wasn't on it, too. It's just about yeah. your life. We yeah. went back in time to produce so the Truman Show to get everyone to watch it to do this <laughs> bit. Um, Hannah, if you I'm look sorry. closely, I played Truman. <gasps> <laughs> Guys, was this oh! movie whack? <laughs> I have a qu- no. Yeah, what do, what do what people we, think? What, we, what are the things? Nah. Can I say one more thing yes. real quick? Uh, I guess. Two more things. But the one thing... Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's really cool. That- <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for wanting to talk to my friends. <laughs> About one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it's just I've been talking sorry. to my co-workers for so long. Yeah, because I'm not. <laughs> it's cool that Truman wants to be an explorer, and then he does get to explore a whole new world. That is true. Oh, <laughs> when, oh like when he's a kid. Uh, oh, sorry. Seb, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. When he's a kid and he's like, I want to be an explorer. And then the teacher's like, oh, we explored everything. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Yeah, or she when him he a talks world about map. wanting to go to Fiji and his best friend is like, where even is that? Like, <laughs> feet, what is... And he's like, yeah. you know where we are? It's about as far as you can get. When, before you start coming back around. That's one of my favorite lines. I always remember Oh yeah, that right, right. <laughs> I messed up the actual good part of the line. <laughs> Adam, what's the... Sick, are we gonna Adam, what's the other thing you wanted to say? Uh, wait. Oh, I just like this line a lot that Ed Harris says oh, sorry. Go, uh, when no, he's on, um, when he's on, like, the, uh, interview, and he goes, we accept yes. the reality of the world with which we're presented, and I just thought that was a great line, tying into that Plato's allegory of the cave thing. allegory of the cave, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's really succinct and nice that line. reference, I actually And Ed understand. Harris is good. He's really good. He's so good. He's really good in the he's abyss. He's always good. He's in the abyss. He- I haven't, but he's good at playing dudes in control rooms or guys who are behind things. Snowpiercer, Bolo <laughs> 13. He's always in the control room. The Wizard of Oz. No, that he just wasn't seems him. so, like, assured. <laughs> I but know, he kind of seems like he could, like, of... he could, like, get loose, at any, or not get loose, but go go wild at any point. Like, I feel like this, he's, like, like, kind of yeah. a loose guy. Tremendous intensity at Harris. Always yeah, seems like he's about to. Also, anybody... that was a funny Wizard of Oz joke. I'm sorry, I didn't. Guys, this is it. completely unrelated. But did anybody see Jeff Goldblum on Drag Race? No. No. What was he doing there? No. Uh, Does he mean frac- frack race? <laughs> didn't he say that homophobic stuff? <laughs> That's all I heard about. He said that. God. But what? he also it was just like <laughs> okay. He said some suspect he... stuff. It's just, he was just very strange presence, and I felt like he had never seen the show before, so when they did the elimination, he was crying, and no, I've never seen anyone do that before, and I was like... Why was he crying? I I feel like he just went in there, and he really, he didn't even know really what talking was, and I was like, you've clearly never seen this show. It was just, it was very strange. Pardon? Jeff Goldblum has a son named River Joe. 
Oh. Oh, can I tell you yes. something real quick? Yeah. About about uh, Become a free sons' for all. names. Go ahead. <laughs> I watch about sons' names. I love this segment. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this documentary about uh, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman, and then I was looking up George Foreman. He named his sons oh, yeah. George Foreman Jr., George Foreman the third, George Foreman the fourth, George Foreman the fifth. I think he went down to six. <laughs> I think even maybe one of his daughters. Was that real? He just said he didn't want to have to remember. What did they call them in the house? (laughs) He actually said that. Is this true? Yeah. yeah. I heard that it was something like he wanted to establish this tight family unit. (laughs) And so he named them all. Terrifying. (laughs) Oh my god, it's so funny. (laughs) What do they call each other in the house? Like one, two, three, four. It must be, right? Like two, three, four. Georgetta so Foreman. Weird. Georgetta Foreman is one of his daughters. <laughs> Georgetta? And also four he is has in so his many name, kids. so it would be George Foreman the fourth. <laughs> Who? George Foreman the fourth. <laughs> oh, did Foreman any of you guys oh, watch God. Drake and Josh? Oh Wait, can we not leave this for a what? second? They have all the nicknames, yeah, like yeah, what we're... they actually are called. Wait, I'm trying to... Yeah, I just saw it. <laughs> Wait, Georgie, Seth. Georgie, wait, no, I wait, just wait, wait, wait. please. George, George uh, Jr., George the Third in brackets Monk, George the Fourth in brackets Big okay. Wheel, George the Fifth in brackets Red, and George Six in brackets <laughs> Little Joey. Little Joey, where did Joey come from? <laughs> wait, oh, Seth. Seb, you know how you've been uh, labeling us as uh, the Empire Records character and Breakfast Club and whatnot? You should do that with as us as George Foreman's uh, George Foreman. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, Hannah is definitely. I wanna be little wheel. Joey. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> um, those are really good names. I had some on-topic thing to say, but it was so long ago. I, I cannot remember. I had an off-topic thing to say, and I wanted to say <laughs> yes. it. On Drake okay, and go. Josh, they Drake spoofed the George Foreman grill. They had the Gary Coleman grill. That's all ah, I have to say. Was it spherical? But I just was remembered that spoof? fact. Yeah, it's just sound a like different a person. But I, but I didn't know it was... <laughs> but I think it's just that the names ended like with man. But... As a kid, I didn't know what a George Foreman grill was, so I thought that it was the Gary Coleman grill for a very long time. That's right. right. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. Adam, cut this. <laughs> I only That's knew from this like episode it. where he burns his foot on the grill. Mm. Oh, yeah, because he I likes bet. the smell of bacon in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he was okay. a good boxer. Huh. <laughs> George oh, Foreman? Was a boxer? I didn't even well, know. Well, we should punch up these whack numbers. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh. Thank you guys. I'll be here all podcast. What a, <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I didn't even get it. Sorry. I'll make it more clear next time. Still freaking why did you react? What? Because I thought he Funke was just I just was laughing because I thought Funke was like okay, well, but then I got at the joke after. Two. So. Two. Why? What? Uh, I think it's a very creative movie, but it I think presents itself in a relatively conventional way. Though I do like the fisheye and hidden camera stuff that I think is used really well, where it's like it's not really distracting or doing it just to do it. Like it does get you in his headspace of being paranoid and 
the world being uncertain and stuff. But I think it's kind of a classically done movie. Peter Weir, great director. Mm-hmm. I'll throw that out there. But I don't think it's particularly I'm gonna say one. I think that the movie shifts in a pretty dramatic way that I like where, you know, for about 75% of it, it's Truman's story. And then as soon as he starts to break out, we shift to Ed Harris's story. And uh, we're kind of with them for the rest. That's kind of neat. But yeah, it's not an especially like uh, cinematically whack movie. Um, But as I've said many times on this podcast, it's one of my favorite movies. So I'll drop it a three. Um, but with the very clear thing that I want to say that I love this movie so much and it made me so happy to watch it again, especially on a day where I was feeling really down. Uh, and after watching it and having this talk, I feel so much better. So great movie. (laughs) And thanks for the applause. Uh, if you want to just keep it going and maybe say your favorite Adam memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also don't think this movie is whack. I think it's a concept that could have created a whack movie, but I think the movie's attention to detail and like just really solid execution of the concept makes it not whack at all. Like I feel like if it was like, I feel like my definition of whack is usually when it's like a bananas concept executed messily or a normal concept executed somehow. But what must I don't know. But this was just like it was a pretty wild concept, but it felt like they really saw everything through and like kept most like ends like tied up. So it to me, there's no whackness. And I, I, agree with Seb I really liked the use of like the fish eyes and like all the different types of camp like camera work I think when he's walking up the stairs at the end of along the sky is like one of the greatest like shots I've ever seen ever I think oh it's yeah oh my god so incredible I want I change it to my Twitter header like, after talking watching to my it. cat yeah I just oh really like, too beautiful swap that I is it because you saw me put it on Twitter was... first yes <laughs> oh, I did, I did the one with the boat. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I see it now. Just Great wanted shot. that on the record. Uh, but, I, yeah, I was just, like, sitting there, and I was like, I've seen this before, but I forgot what how good it looked, and I was like, I wish someone was awake that I could, like, kind of, like, go, ah, about this, too. Um, and uh, I just don't think it's whack but i think it's perfect and i think the fact that it's perfect um kind of subtracts from whackness as well so yeah i'm gonna give it like a 1.5 um because that's the number i've decided real shit now i just liked and retweeted your tweet about uh oh yeah the truman show i just wanted you to thank you um oh let me go do that too then I think I have to rate it at a... Mm, one minute, my father is walking up the stairs. Now that's a weird what is rating. Your dad Did you like the Truman Show? That's not on the scale. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yuck, yuck. My, I think I enjoyed the film a lot. Um, I do think... I don't know. I think in my head, I'm like, this is whack. Kind of. But I don't know if the film itself is whack or like me just thinking about if it was translated 
IRL to like we actually like somebody actually did that in real life. That is would be that would be incredibly whack for sure. Um, <laughs> that would guys, be a ten out of five whack. I, I listened to it, um uh, this American Life episode about a guy who thought like literally he had a kind of like a break and he convinced himself that his life was basically the Truman Show. Mm. Crazy. Anyways, sorry. Sick. Um, wow. That's crazy. That's. That's another level of whack, though. But I think because I can't can't decide whether this film is whack or not whack, I'm going to have to go right in the middle at a 2.5. Because I think it's not whack, because like everyone says, it's a really great idea executed really well. But there's also part of me that's like, I can't just give this a not whack rating, because it is like kind of weird. Like the way, like just like that concept is weird and crazy. And, like, thinking about it, like, on a deeper level, being like, damn, these are real people, but they're also paying fake real people, but then they're also, like, it's crazy. So I have to give it a 2.5. That's real. Um, I'm going to give it a 4 because basically all of the reasons you guys said, but I don't think that it, in my head it just doesn't give it a low number. Like, I think it executes those concepts so well. And I don't know. It's a movie about prolonged realization, ever the professional liars everywhere, it's really nice, and I, I don't know, just everything is set up so well that it it's a crazy, crazy concept, but as I said earlier, like, Jim Carrey doesn't really notice, and he never really, I don't think he ever fully understands how twisted his, his life situation is from birth. Like, they traumatized him, they cooped him up in this place for his entire life. Like, he, he will never fully know how yeah. twisted it is. The only people that would know that are the people outside of the show in his universe and the watchers of the movie. Um, I don't know. The movie just got got me, and I think all of us thinking about just so many weird uh, production things and like how it would work in in the the movie's world, which I think is is pretty cool because it is whack. Like the fact that like there are probably Truman stands out there. Like there's a Truman like tw- Twitter account. Like <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely Truman themed like, bar. Like that they fan keep going games back to. of Truman. Like I think that. It, 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 it's so crazy. Truman Thirst tweet. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, f- I fully thought that you were talking about in real life, and I was like, I want to go to that bar. <laughs> yeah, and it it felt oh, yeah, like... I wish. Um, I think it was really whack because it felt like a superhero movie at some points uh, when he was realizing his situation. Like, when he realized that the world revolves around him or was testing it out, like, he was... It was the same thing of when people like figure out their powers in, in a movie. Like he was walking across the street, like, like, whoa! I can, oh, yeah, yeah I can do so all cool. this stuff. Like that was really nice. And he doesn't have powers, so I, I think that the that reveal was was executed so well, and it's just really whack to me. I'll give it a four. That's all I gotta say. Good. That was beautiful. Made a pretty sad. compelling case. Kind of makes me want to bump it up. <laughs> Thank you. I think the numbers are final. I, I they think go, they're in the machine already. What? Oh, yeah! Right. Put them all into the machine. <laughs> Spitting out the numbers right now. Uh, Truman Show final final whack rating. Final rack, whack rating is <laughs> two point six. <laughs> which is... <laughs> wait, 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 for wackest movie in each series. Oh. So the championship belt oh, for the I wackest would... one location film. 
What is it, Nara? The champion. Wait. So that is from Breakfast Club. So the wackest one location is Death Trap. Yes. Oh, congratulations, sir! Five, the tables but have it's still, turned. It's still not that whack because it's at a three point six two five. Yeah, um, you loser. Well, it was um, a weak season in terms of whack. That's the first ever belt. <laughs> Don't see anybody else. With yeah, it. it still won the first. Who won the championship belt for the least whack? For the least and... whack? The, I'm sorry, Adam. It's the village. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but only. But but the thing is, is that the Truman Show is only point four uh, percent it. more whack. Point four more whack on the scale. But also, can I say that uh, right? Just slightly more whack than the Truman Show in all the films we've ever done is Uncle Drew, um, which is <laughs> at two point right, six right. six instead of two point six. Two just... okay. Two point six six. Wait, How did you guys six, get two point six? Right? Uncle Drew is so whack. Three point six. It was three to come on the episode. Oh. I wrote two point six six. You have to like check that... your notes. Hmm. I have to. Okay, I'll go. And yeah, you, you, you might be right. Actually, you might be right. Um, but that but, movie is legit whack. But I think it's. But now we can just see how our opinions on how to score whackness is changing. So our <laughs> everything is a uh, very relative and loose and fluid. We change so, our yeah. reasoning every yeah, episode. Yeah, this isn't even. <laughs> yeah, like considering we... <laughs> Uncle Drew is two point six six on the whack scale, and Cape Fear is two point five. <laughs> We yeah, haven't that established like sense. any actual kind of measurements for whackness. I know, I love it. <laughs> every episode, we're like, "Is the wackometer wack?" No, I think our scientists are hard at work trying to figure out the exact way for us to figure <laughs> this out. It's yeah, it's incomprehensible. It's such a hard so farm formula. So what? what? Oh no, what were you gonna say? Your joke's probably better. <laughs> oh no, I was just gonna say that's why they're taking so long coming up with the coronavirus because they're busy figuring out the wackometer, which is also not a very good joke. They already came up with the coronavirus. <laughs> no, I meant a vaccine. <laughs> also, can I say, for some reason, this movie, I was very tired when I watched it. It made me, like, empathize slightly, or not empathize, but maybe kind of understand the people protesting, like, all the people who are, like, protesting oh social distancing. <laughs> what? Sorry, not, what? It didn't make me agree with them. You it heard didn't make it me agree with them. Folks. It just made me be like, <laughs> what? what? And I was radicalized by the Truman Show. <laughs> no, <laughs> No, I mean, I just, I don't agree mm. with them, but I also understand where they're coming from. Mm. How did this movie Because you... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not um, going to further establish with that. I am not an anti-vaxxer, just so everybody gotcha. knows. Can I can I shift the gears towards doing some shout-outs? Because I have yes. some shout-outs. Yeah, we also need to figure out what we're taking from oh, this Oh, I got something Oh, we that. should do that first. We can do that first. Can I can I say one okay. for that? Yeah. Can, I, yeah. can yeah. I dare say something sincere? Yeah. Yeah. I Yes. I think I'm just so excited for the moment we all get... Hopefully soon, hopefully within the year or whatever, where we get to step out of the globe and and face the world. And I think it's important that, you know, obviously we stay safe and uh, keep the precautions around not getting the virus or spreading it. But I think it will be scary socially to even be seeing each other again and to step out into the world. But I'm, I'm so excited and I hope we could all face that together. That was beautiful. 
Can wow. I just say yeah. that that's what all those weird anti-vaxxers are oh saying, Oh, my God. Basically? Oh, my God. <laughs> Seb was saying that's... something so sincere. <laughs> I'm being I agree with you, too. Seb. I that's agree with you, Seb. Like, I time. need me my haircut now. <laughs> no, not all of them. I am not waiting. Some, Some of them I want their nails done. With, I I don't agree with their like what what they're saying. I'm just saying that I understand where it's coming from. It's the idea of wanting autonomy and freedom over being like patronized by a governing force. I don't agree with it. I just understand mm. it. I am not one of I I, I I think yeah I think we I think, all I, I, I think they get, just want that clear. <laughs> I've been social distancing. I don't plan on stopping <laughs> even after all this. I have severe I just think their, their frustrations and their angers are misdirected and they're not acting properly. And if they looked at the yes. situation in a Oh, I agree. I think they're a bunch of yahoos. <laughs> And that's right. official government language I... that I'm using. I think they're a bunch of Googles. Nara, what are your shout-outs? <laughs> yeah, stop. Wait, oh, and I agree with you, Seb, does. and that's why the ending made me... I mean, the ending always has made me emotional, but uh, especially this time, because I think what you described is exactly the feeling that I felt as well. Just like, oh man, there's going to be so uncertainty, so much uncertainty once we do exit our one location and face the world again, but... Um, I'm ready. And that's why it's a perfect movie to end our series, I think. Mm. Definitely. There's the oh, hope. beautiful. Great pick, Funke. Thank you. Um, Nara, please do some yeah. shoutouts. Uh, my shoutouts this week are to uh, Magda, who posted on Let's the go. IGs about, about our Death Trap episode. Thank and you. just so um, everyone knows, if this is your first time listening, this is a segment where we shout out anyone who's ever mentioned yes. the podcast to us and having listened to it. Yeah, so if you want a <laughs> shout out, just let us know. Just say, like, yeah, I listened once. You can be like, I listened to half an episode yes. and we will shout I... you out. You can lie. <laughs> yeah. If you just want a shout out and you don't no. want to listen, just well, lie but to they us. Have to have, Please. They have to have heard this, <laughs> yeah. though, to lie to us. So mm. True, true. But That's also, true. Con- if someone just came up to me and, like, acknowledged the fact that we had this podcast <laughs> but didn't listen to it, I'd probably shout them out yes. anyways. We got to shout out everyone. Um, actually, I have a shout um, out for please? Sam. My friend Sam was listening and actually really enjoyed it. I was like, dang, let's go, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Wow. Um, me and Adam, our friend, our friend Celeste in Tennessee mentioned that they were listening in a Zoom hang that we were doing a little while ago mm. with some AGO youths. <laughs> Zavi mentioned that she was listening a while ago. I don't know if we gave her a shout out before, shout out but Zavi. she did listen. And we have, we have a. Uh, I think we've we established before that we have gone international, but we <laughs> I just have found another international listener. My friend Leo from uh, Milwaukee has been listening. He likes to listen to it while he makes worldwide. breakfast. Wow, we're Mister Worldwide. <laughs> we are Mister Worldwide. Those are my shout outs. Anyone else have any? My friend Danny said he listened and that we sound cute together, which is nice. That is wow. such a nice thing to say. Very kind. That might be a diss, though. Really? It's true. It might be patronizing. You might think we're little babies. It might be Might be <laughs> like, oh, you guys sound cute oh. You guys sound together. like little babies. I take it as a compliment. It's good to it's be cute. It's so cute. I like sounding cute. You guys think you understand we are cute. movies. I don't we know who this cute. person is. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, are we I, being mean to this person? No, I think I, he I meant it 
kindly. I don't think it was perfect. I was just joking, Danny, okay. if you're listening. <laughs> Danny, we love you because you think we're cute. And we are I'm just cute. bitter because none of my friends watch this. We Wait, gotta get them on. This. No one watches this. <laughs> I know. I keep doing we that. We need oh. more viewers. <laughs> yeah. We have Listeners are at like, I don't I don't know what. Viewers are at zero. We, we gotta do. bump that number up. We're lacking in them numbers. <laughs> like and subscribe. Do we have any closing? Here, I'll do some ASMR. Uh, what? <laughs> what is that? God. <laughs> Tissue paper from my new uh, pants. How does the movie end? You should, we, we should say it, what he like... says. His... Oh, no, are we? Are in case the guys are like, what are we going to watch next? Oh, well, we don't know. Do we? True. But I want to say what he says. We're going to talk about that after. In case. No, oh. no. In the movie, the two security guards oh. are like, that was cool. Let's change the channel. Um, no, let's do right before oh, yeah. that. Also, let's say it. Oh, Guys, let's say um, it. In, in case, one, two, God. three. And in case you don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. And I'm not an anti vaxxer. I'm not an anti vaxxer. I'm not an anti Thanks for listening to another episode of Is It Whack? Go to insomniacfestival.com or at insomniacfest on Instagram to learn more about us. Thank you to Ian Mills for the music and to Emma Kudlack for the art. Next week, we're starting a new mini-series that we have titled isitwhack.net. So come back and find out what that means. I think we're going to be talking about hackers the first week. So uh, watch that and then... uh, Listen to us, or as Hannah would like to say, watch us. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, bye.